have to really escalate the noise we make so that we'll be heard. Welcome to Gay USA. I'm Andy Hum. I'm Ann Northrup. And the big headline this week, lesbian lawyer conquers Trump hate again. <laughs> well, you should know by now who that is, but we'll fill you in on some details because we're just gleeful at uh, Robbie Kaplan's victory over Donald Trump. Uh, meanwhile, activists were in D.C. trying to stop the coup in 2025. Uh, there was an almost endless uh, um, parade of outrages coming from Florida and some other states this week. And the real top headline, right-wing heads are exploding over Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. A middle school play, we're talking about 12-year-olds, uh, against bullying was canceled for not being entertaining, but the kids fought back. Could be 13 or 14-year-olds, too. Uh, the killer of trans woman Taya Ashton uh, in 2021 in Virginia has now been sentenced to 48 years in prison. Here in New York, uh, we've updated our heteronormative rape law to include oral and anal sexual contact. And we'll bring you the latest on the gay bar in St. Louis that has been threatened with closing uh, the one that was damaged by police who ran into it. And we'll talk about the gay bars in Seattle that have been raided inappropriately by the Liberal city. Liberal Seattle. Uh, lots of people to remember this week, including a veteran D.C. bisexual activist, a, a gay dancer and choreographer, a legendary lesbian political activist, an author who wrote of our obsession with horror, and a Broadway legend. And we will go to Greece, where they are set to enact, enact uh, marriage equality over the objections, of course, of the Greek Orthodox Church. In liberal California, a county is being sued for denying HIV meds to a detainee who died soon thereafter. Big headline at the U.S. Figure Skating Championships, where a queer out woman won gold for the first time ever. And yet another gay guy won a silver medal. And Will Ferrell scores a hit at Sundance with a road movie with his close friend who came out as transgender late in life. Everyone's trying to get into the act. <laughs> okay. Well, the, uh, the big act you all know uh, about the Trump uh, defamation trial, uh, where the uh, uh, jury awarded E. Jean Carroll and her lawyer, Robbie Kaplan, the out lesbian who also won the Edie Windsor case uh, for same-sex marriage, $83 million. Eight times what they asked for. Now they're waiting to see how much Judge Arthur uh, Engeron will penalize Trump for fraud in the other trial. Which may be happening as we are taping on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, he was scheduled to announce it perhaps today or perhaps not. Uh, that was also another of uh, E. Jean's lawyers, Shane Crowley, on the left side of the picture. She and uh, Edie, but uh, she and Robbie, but Robbie was the uh, lead lawyer. Uh, you know, Robbie has done 
uh, a lot of these cases. We know her, of course, from the from her appearances on Gay USA <laughs> and for uh, destroying the Defense of Marriage Act uh, with Edie Windsor as her client. She also, uh, as I was reminded in a documentary I saw uh, a little while ago, uh, was a, a lawyer against suing the uh, right wingers in Charlottesville who uh, were leading the demonstrations there. The Jews will not replace us. And she won that case and won uh, a lot of money from them. And now she's won this big case for E. Jean Carroll, which is magnificent. And she said, Robbie says that Trump can now be tried for perjury for lying on the stand about not knowing E. Jean Carroll. Well, that would be delightful. And, and, and if he keeps talking about them, as he has, well, they can keep going back for more defamation. As Lawrence O'Donnell noted in his, you know, in Trump's tweet afterwards, he did not use the name E. Jean Carroll. He did not. He, you know, he's been told. It, yes, he has. This will keep going and you will keep losing. You <laughs> more, loser. More money. Well, speaking of that, there uh, there were a couple of good uh, activist responses to this. This was chalk outside the Trump International Hotel. And you may or may not be able to read this. It says 83.3 million. <laughs> keep talking, loser. Right. <laughs> Which I thought was just and, great. And we've already renamed the Trump Tower as the as the E.J. Carroll Tower under new management. I guess this is a Rise and Resist production. Definitely a Rise and Resist production. They have been so on top of this and so clever and so great and uh, just humiliating Trump all over town. Um, now, the question is whether this is going to hurt him politically. I mean, you know, he is now been, uh, you know, I want to use the word convicted, but, you know, uh, Joyce Vance, uh, the former U.S. attorney, said, how do you explain to your kids you're going to give your vote to the in the presidential election to a man who forced his fingers into a woman's vagina and then lied about it uh, and exposed her to public harm? I mean, I remember the, the right wing going crazy over the over the uh, Clinton Lewinsky affair. Sure. How am I going to explain to my kids what yeah. oral sex please, is? Please, please. But the best thing uh, for me uh, from E. Jean Carroll, after the verdict uh, going on the Rachel Maddow show, and she's repeated this on other shows, is uh, her sitting in the courtroom with him there and realizing what an empty suit he is and how he is just a person who, beyond all the bluster and the bullying and everything else, is just uh, meaningless and, and the emperor with no clothes. We've always known that in New York. Well, but he has portrayed himself as a larger-than-life figure. He has. And the, it's the TV celebrity and and his... Uh, his refusal to ever apologize for anything and his his aggressive talk. And I think the reason he's undermined by this verdict is that he looks like a loser, finally. And that is what's taking him down in the polls now, is that he looks like a loser. And if he keeps losing these cases, I don't think it's so much that he's convicted criminal or whatever, or, uh, uh, you know, on the wrong side of these civil judgments, it's that he's a loser. And that's what he's been fighting all his life is that image. Exactly. Okay. It's just one, one, uh, 
one finger for well, the Well, who's going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, it's between San Francisco and Kansas City, set for Sunday, February 11th, and I could basically care less, but I will have it on while I do my taxes. Uh, but the right-wing heads are exploding over Travis Kelsey of Kansas City because he's doing Bud Light commercials and promoting COVID shots and, of course, for dating the most famous woman of the world, Taylor Swift. Well, the right wing, uh, Fox News in particular, but all over the right wing, they are just falling all over themselves to uh, because they're so terrified that Taylor Swift, who did endorse Biden in 2020, will do it again for 2024. And she's only 10 times more powerful now than she was four years ago. And so they are trying to discredit her ahead of time by claiming that this is all a setup by the Defense Department, a psychological uh, operation, uh, that they're not really a couple, that the chiefs have somehow been maneuvered into the, this position in the Super Bowl. It's all a put up job by the Biden administration to uh, look like a winner. <laughs> And they are losing their minds over this. Well, they're not very good at accepting reality. I mean, come on, like, look at the immigration fight. It's- they are not, they're built on lies and falsehoods. So the fact that they can't accept reality now is not a surprise. Right. Well, humankind cannot bear very much reality. Um, uh, in terms of reality, the Department of Justice found that disgraced uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo here in New York was sub- subjected at least 13 female staffers to sexual to a sexually hostile work environment, and that his senior staff knew about it and struck back against his accusers. Yeah, just Re- covered up for him. Now, this was part of a settlement between the executive office, now headed by Governor Hochul, and the U.S. Attorney's Office. Cuomo continues to deny all and is aggressively defending against the uh, harassment suits that he is uh, being uh, uh, sued under. And trying to run for office again. Maybe. They talk about him running for mayor. Uh, I think he would like to run for mayor (laughs) or governor. Uh, He may not be able to in this uh, atmosphere, this climate and in the face of... I'm sure that uh, Governor Hochul in New York State did not put up much of a fight in this settlement. <laughs> well, no, because discussion. they well, because they they better not. They better put their house in order so that these things are. T- I mean, politicians tend to cover these things up. Uh, yes, and they're the same party, but uh, they're also big rivals, and she had no reason not to right. settle. All right. Uh, so Washington, D.C., the, uh, the Stop the Coup 2025 did have uh, their uh, rally down there. Um, I watched a lot of it. On, you could watch a live stream of it. And we're going to include a link to this in our email. There were about 100 people down there, but they had some heavy hitters from Human Rights Campaign, People for the American Way, Rise and Resist, Gays Against Guns was there, other, other groups. And... These are these are some photos, uh, courtesy of Donna Cito, a veteran uh, photojournalist who uh, was there covering it and provides the photos to us. Thank you very much, Donna. Uh, But this was outside the Heritage Foundation because they're the ones who wrote the massive plan about when when Republicans get power, if they get power in 2025, here's what we're going to do. You can read their plan online. They're not hiding any of this stuff. Well, on the StopTheCoup2025.org site, you can read the whole plan. You can read an analysis of uh, 
points of the plan that breaks it down into much more digestible form. And the mainstream media is beginning to pick this up. They don't always cite the Heritage Foundation, but I saw something on MSNBC yesterday that was all about dissecting their plans for what they're going to do about abortion when they can't pass a nationwide ban, but they can use all sorts of executive orders and manipulations to shut down abortion completely. They've shut down immigration reform, which is on the table right now. I mean, it's insane. Okay. Uh, President uh, Biden has fallen behind the Trump pace in in appointing federal judges because home senators of the states are allowed to blue slip or veto his picks. This is a Senate tradition, a really stupid one. Uh, When we do get one confirmed from a red state, they're generally more conservative as a result. Uh, Trump got 234. Biden is only up to 171. So Senator Dick Durbin, who's the Democratic chair of the Judiciary Committee, won't give up on this archaic tradition of blue slips, hoping that if the Democrats, you know, if we lose, if we lose the next election, we want to do blue slips. But if they win the next election, they're not going to do blue slips no, anymore. No. They're just going to. And again, they've gotten rid of it for appeals court judges. And uh, so, you know, they would just come on, stop. And the fill and. These are the same Dems who don't want to end the filibuster. All right. Should we go to some state news? Oh, God, Florida. <laughs> okay. You want to start in Florida? Well, we can do you know, that. we got a picture here. Students at the University of North Florida protesting the imminent closing of the university's four diversity centers, including the campus LGBTQ Center. They're closing these things down. The Florida Board of Governors at the behest of DeSantis voted to defund them because they do DEI, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion. This is at all state schools. Um, This is also going to close the Interfaith Center, the Intercultural Center, the Women's Center. Now, students are still supposed to be able to have a gay group, a women's group of their own. But these are things that were run by the university. And funded by the university, yes. And that funding has been cut off. Well, now, you know, when I was at the University of Virginia, we even got like 60 bucks, I think, from the administration. I mean, so will that funding be cut off to, to campus clubs? Well, they have, for, they have now forbidden funding for any DEI stuff. And that is being interpreted in this case as, the, as these clubs. So, yeah, and they're not the only state doing it. Uh, but there are there are bad things going on in oh the other bad thing in Florida is that uh, the state uh, Department of Motor Vehicles issued a statement that they will no longer allow for uh, updates to gender markers on driver's licenses. This is one of the most cruel things yes. I can imagine because yeah. you're carrying around your license, you use it for identification, and now you have to have you know you've transitioned completely or whatever you're living in in the uh, in the other in the gender that you were not born with and you, now you've got to show this id and it's going to say your birth sex and that that is going to cause such trouble for people all over the country well that's why we've been fighting for years uh for the opposite for people to be able to update their gender yes. markers on uh, uh driver's licenses uh birth certificates uh passports so that they, there is not a disconnect and so that people are recognized for who they are. What's a cop to do who stops you for a 
traffic violation when you pull out a driver's license that uh, has the wrong uh, gender on it. Uh, why, why do we have gender on the license any, uh, anyway? Or I mean, well, couldn't we just get rid of it? You know, I mean, why do we have height and eye color? It's well, all part height of Height and eye color is indisputable. But uh, I don't know. People wear uh, contacts that are a different color. Okay. People lie about their height. I know. All right. Uh, Florida also has a bill to ban any flag in schools that depicts racial, sexual orientation and gender or political ideology viewpoint. It passed a House subcommittee there along party lines. Uh, I hope that includes the Florida state flag, which now stands for a little bit little more than fascism. A little scandal in Ohio and Michigan. Well, can we finish with Florida? Oh, how about the fact that they've cut sociology as a core higher education course at state colleges, Uh, replacing it with factual history? uh, I mean, come on. And then they're also moving a bill to ban anyone under 16 from social media. Now, that's happening all over the country, including from some Democrats. Yeah. Uh, Yes, they're tough on social media. Those kids, crack down on those kids. Yeah. All right. Can we go to yes, Ohio and please, Michigan? Please. Republican legislators were overheard in an online chat talking about their plans to ban all trans people. Yep, we're just that's the end game. They said we are, we're going to do it step by step. We're going to do it gradually. But now it is all over the front pages of the newspapers there because this is such an egregious well, conversation the, among I politicians. Mean, there's like hundreds of bills going in. We're not going to talk about every single one of them. But Iowa just introduced some really horrendous ones. Remove gender identity is a you know, they protect gender identity in their civil rights law. Going to remove that. Yeah. And they're going to put gender dysphoria in the disabilities clause so that it now becomes a mental illness. Well, that's, uh, you know, there's been debate about that for years, whether you need that to get then medical coverage or for your transition. But they want to let health care workers refuse to treat LGBTQ people for religious reasons. Let school staff misgender students ban cities from banning con- ban cities from banning conversion therapy. So much for local control. Uh, ban gender neutral language and world language courses. Ban trans people from restrooms aligned with gender identity. And mandate that social studies courses teach why gender affirming care is bad. I said last week that I thought all of this was a blip in history and that we would get past that. I, I still believe that, but it is really horrible to live through. And who will they move on to persecuting next? They'll exactly. All, it will always be somebody. Yes. They're picking on the most vulnerable, and it's well, disgraceful. Well, Utah continues to pick on the most vulnerable. The legislature passed a new law that uh, disallows trans people in the... Uh, trans youth in the bathrooms that correspond to their lived gender identity or locker rooms and barred all trans people from uh, government changing rooms. The the governor has just signed this bill, so that is in effect. And they passed a bill to ban diversity, equity and inclusion programs. And Governor Spencer Cox there uh, says uh, that these programs border on evil forcing people into a political framework before they can even apply for a job. And he's a moderate. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But in Idaho, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals refused to stay a lower court injunction blocking enforcement of a ban on gender-affirming care Well, this is really good news. This is good news that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals 
said, we're not going to lift this injunction on the law that bans uh, medical care for trans youth. Uh, we're going to let the court challenge to the law continue uh, without letting the law go into effect. Uh, and this has happened variously in various states. Some let the law go into effect, some don't. So the fact that the in Idaho, the law cannot go into effect until higher courts approve it, which they are uh, not likely to do, I think. Well, we don't want you to lose hope. Families who are grappling with these losses of services for trans youth, such as in Ohio and Kentucky and other states, can now seek support from Southern Trans Youth Emergency Project in Ohio and 14 other states. It's a regional project of the Campaign for Southern Equality. You can get help to go out of state for services. You can get emergency grants of up to $500. Go to southernequality.org backslash OH resources, Ohio resources, for more information. So as we go through this list every week of states and the terrible things they're doing, uh, pride organizations are beginning to make their plans around the country for what's happening in June and beyond. We held a meeting in New York uh, last week of the Reclaim Pride Coalition to talk about what we're going to do for uh, the Queer Liberation March this year. I heard that uh, lesbian activist Ann Northrup had a great idea. My great idea actually was uh, that we should hold an underground pride, that we should do pride on the subways all oh. over town. Uh, let's let's flood the subways with a pride uh, parade uh, on every line all day long. You like that? I'm all for it. I'm for it, too. But the, the idea I got quoted for was uh, uh, let's make it uh, a youth. Year. Let us concentrate on trans youth, LGBTQ youth. Let's talk about schools. Let's talk about book banning. Let's talk about uh, medical care. Let's talk about kids thrown out of their houses. Let's talk about youth issues and put youth leadership uh, in the forefront and youth empowerment. Because what we hear, of course, are still continuing stories of Youth feeling isolated about coming out, youth being bullied in schools, uh, youth being deprived of education, on and on and on. And yet 28 percent of Generation Z identifies as LGBTQ. Right. And the reason I'm bringing this up, because that's more than identify as Republican, <laughs> which is 21 percent, or as white Christians, 27 percent. All right. So pride all over the country this year and in most places will be the last Sunday in June commemorating the Stonewall Uprising. And this year that will be June 30th. Uh, And check out your local pride organization to see what they're beginning to plan. I haven't heard an official theme for the official pride parades this year. They're not. Well, they're uh, the themes are sometimes uh, aggressive, but. We'd really like them to ditch the floats and hold a really substantive sure. uh, march. We're under siege. Well, this is why we have the Queer Liberation March. So uh, Reclaim Pride, in planning the Queer Liberation March, holds weekly meetings online on Zoom calls. And if you go to reclaimprideNYC.org, uh, you can get the information on getting the notices and join okay. those conversations every week, Wednesday not leaving, evenings. Not leaving the youth, I was disturbed to read in the poll that uh, 
young people, Generation Z, are less enthusiastic about voting this time than in the last election. There's a lot of that going on in the country. I'm Uh, hoping that will change, especially when Taylor Swift starts talking about people registering and voting. I like to quote an oldster, Gloria Steinem, a member of the silent generation who was far from it, of course. Voting isn't the most we can do, but the least. To have a democracy, you have to want one. And uh, as one of the latest examples of uh, both the good and the bad on there, in Wheatland, Wyoming, at Wheatland High School, the school canceled an, a planned anti-bullying play because, as you said in the headlines, it wasn't entertaining. We don't want these serious things. We want, enter, you know, light entertainment. So the student said, uh, the heck with you. And a local uh, uh, theater company, theater yeah. company. Thank you. These words are so tough. Uh, decided they ended up producing the play in the high school auditorium at the ori- original well, venue. In, in a high school auditorium, yeah. not in the middle school. Oh, okay. you see. All right. So they did it at a high school. It was a freezing cold night. They 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 got fifty people, but they got to perform their show. Yep. Oh, the principal said, "Oh, I know you're disappointed. Here's he gave them five dollar." cards to spend at the gas station. For, and they said, the, the hell with store. you, and gave him back his uh, $5 cards. Right. Now, that picture... <laughs> we will not the, be bought off so cheaply. That picture, Give us more. That picture was of Ember Bradley in a scene from the show in Rainbow Suspenders. Yeah. yeah. Now, we feel compelled to keep bringing you these updates because they keep happening about this gay bar in St. Louis, Missouri, where the cops in an SUV, uh, uh, the car got out of control, whatever. They ran into the front of the bar, and then they got out of the car, and the bar owner is standing there going, what the hell? <laughs> and, and the cop said, oh, don't you talk to me that way, and arrested him and his partner, put him in cuffs, took him to jail. Uh, <laughs> so now, Scandal. So now the latest is that the city has said to the bar owners, if you don't fix the damage to the bar, you, you fix the damage to the bar. $30,000 worth. Yeah, we are going to... Uh, 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 Shut you down by mid-February. There, We will condemn the bar. That's it on the left. That's the uh, plywood over the front of it from the damage. The owners are still seeking body camera footage from the crash and the arrest of the owner, uh, Chad Morris. The cops will not release the body cam footage. Well, the next hearing is February 2nd. And they have not, the cops have not supplied a police report on the incident so that they can get insurance coverage so they can repair the bar before the uh, city tears it down. And then there's what's going on in Seattle. Uh, A couple of gay bars. The Cliff Complex uh, was raided by the Joint Enforcement Team. Now, they have a law in Washington state that there can be no nudity in any place that sells alcohol. You can be nude in the street, but you can't be. You can have nude football in the park. But you can't. So a bartender had an exposed nipple and some patrons were walking around in jockstraps. So this is considered lewd and threatens them. Now it's all gotten a lot of attention politically. Uh, Now they're going to talk about uh, repealing the law. law. Yes, exactly. A a nipple. Well. Barman. By the the way, uh, that that October fire, excuse me, fire at a, a... Decatur, Georgia, uh, gender-affirming clinic 
QMED, has been ruled arson. Uh, this was back in October. It was incendiary in nature. It was contained in one office and extinguished, and no one was injured, but it, the office was trashed. The city is working with federal and state agencies to investigate. The FBI is investigating it now as a hate crime. The director of the clinic says they will not be intimidated. They're working and, remotely now. And, and uh, something that sounds a little strange from a bar restaurant in Philadelphia, Moriarty's, they put up a Craigslist ad for a, uh, first of all, for a male bartender and then for a biologically male bartender. Why? Why? Right, let's they were forced let, to take it let's down. Let's get rid of all these distinctions. Well, they, they're We making, thought we had. Well, we're also getting rid of some distinctions in New York. Governor Hochul signed the rape is rape legislation, expanding the definition in New York State to remove the requirement of uh, penetration as part of the definition of sexual intercourse. Now it will include non-consensual vaginal sexual contact as well as non-consensual oral and anal sexual contact. Well, this is why Trump was convicted of sexual assault on E. Jean Carroll, because his penetration was evidently digital with yes. his fingers and, yes. uh, and didn't well, fit bill the was championed definition. by our state senator, Brad Holman Siegel. And Governor Hochul is also uh, proposing an extra $10 million to expand... Uh, the list of hate crimes uh, and uh, prevention of hate crimes. Uh, in Ohio, they have a bill that would make watching porn a felony and ban sexting among people who are not married. It's been introduced by Senator Dusty Devers, a Baptist preacher. Oh, I thought that was in Oklahoma. Oh, I'm sorry. It is Oklahoma. Why did I say that? I just didn't. Yeah. Oh, here, here. oh, 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 whatever. Sure. Oh. It's okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> Oklahoma. Well, they'll they'll pick it up in Ohio eventually. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you you remember Leah Thomas, the transcollegiate swimmer. She's suing World Aquatics to overturn their effective ban on trans women in the sport, asking the court of arbitration uh, for uh, in Switzerland to overturn the new rules barring trans girls and women unless they transition before the age of 12. Well, she wants to compete in the Olympics. But meanwhile, uh, more likely to get to the Olympics uh, first, Amber Glenn uh, competed in the world, the U.S. figure skating championships uh, held in Columbus, Ohio this year and won gold as an out queer woman, the first out queer woman. There she is with the with the proudly with the flag. Just an amazing image at the U.S. figure. Now. She, Boys at the U.S. Figure Skating Championships have been. There have been dozens of gay men yes. in the Figure Skating Championships. I worked the Figure Skating Championships fifty years ago, and the the boys were clearly uh, now now many gay. The, they the, were the man who won Ilya Malinin. He won silver. No, Ilya Malinin was, oh, was the men's champ. Yes, he says he's heterosexual. Though when he won last year, he joked. I can't be straight anymore because I need those artistic uh, component scores to get up. He followed this by multiple apologies. Yeah, the, the, sil the silver winner was out Jason Brown. Uh, we'll, we'll link. To, we're going to link to both their performances. I, I've got video. There was of also it. a uh, gender nonconforming contestant uh, who competed with the boys. Amber Glenn really worried about coming out at first because 
she thought that, you know, they, you know, you get judged in these sports by people who just write down a number. It's not objective. And it's become OK for the boys to be out. But there has never been a girl who was out. And uh, this is really revolutionary to have a, a young woman win gold at the uh, U.S. Figure Skating Championships and be out. Okay. A couple of other Good notes in, in Texas. Ken Paxton, the evil attorney general there, Ugh. who's under indictment, is pressing for a Georgia clinic, a Georgia clinic, patient records of trans young people using telemedicine to receive necessary medical care. I hope they don't comply. In Philadelphia, uh, a Massachusetts trans woman who was there for a political forum on behalf of presidential candidate Jasmine Sherman, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is, was found dead January 24th in her hotel room. Serena Mihailov, 37, had been scheduled to depart later that day. The medical examiner has yet to release the cause of death. Yeah, we don't know what happened, but uh, a tragic death. Uh, and others we lost in the last week. Uh, oh, wait, before we get to that, uh, a verdict uh, in an, an earlier trans murder case in 2021, uh, uh, Taya Ashton, yes. 20 years old, was murdered in Maryland in Prince George's County, a trans woman. Um, uh, it was her boyfriend, D. Allen Price, who was convicted of the murder, 29, uh, on the, you know, sort of trans panic defense. Oh, I didn't know she was trans, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's now been sentenced to 48 years in prison for okay. murdering her. We lost some really uh, big activists uh, this week. Longtime D.C. LGBTQ activist. Uh, how do we say the name? A Billy? A Billy. It's A-B-I-L-L-Y. Jones Hennen. Uh, that's him, the uh, Af uh, the black gentleman. Um, he was 81, survived by his partner there and husband of 45 years, Christopher Hennon. The cause was Parkinson's and spinal stenosis. Um, uh, Jones Hennon co-founded the National Coalition of Black Gays in 1978 and helped organize the first March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights in 1979. Yep. Identified as bisexual and always worked to a to advance the bi cause. He was married to a woman early on in his adult life and had three children, but who we remain close to. He was also part of a big uh, seminal White House meeting of black, lesbian, and gay uh, people. In the Carter administration, yes. not with the president. They didn't let yeah. you meet with Jimmy in those days, but with staff. Yep. But that was a big deal. He worked at the Whitman Walker Clinic in the 80s, uh, in the early years of the AIDS pandemic. He went on to manage uh, AIDS grants. Um, at that 79 March, he organized the National Third World LGBTQ Conference at Howard University that led to them forming the, fir uh, the first uh, LGBTQ group at an HBCU. And that 79 March, which I think we were both at. Uh, I was. was uh, I cried. Well... <laughs> It was amazing because it was the first one and no one knew how many people would show up. And when you walked out onto that uh, lawn, it, tens of thousands of people. It was shocking. It was great for everybody. Yeah. And people who couldn't felt that they couldn't demonstrate in their hometowns felt that they could go to Washington and do that. There's and gonna... then they went back to their hometowns and started activist uh, work there. That's the beauty of these national marches is that people go... They see that there are others like them. 
they get inspired and energized, and they go home and do the work. Well, this gentleman, Jones Hennon, is survived by his husband and kids and 10 grandchildren and 11 great-grandchildren. Wow. His husband said he was totally dedicated to turning adversity into hope. Yeah. Um, then we lost choreographer and dancer uh, Don Wagoner, has uh, died at the age of 91 in Oakland, Maryland. He danced with Martha Graham and the Paul Taylor Dance Company, as well as his own company, for 25 years, a child of Appalachia. Much of his choreography was inspired by the words of his companion, the poet George Montgomery, who died of Huntington's disease in 1997. He taught at a variety of universities as late as 2015. Um, he said, I do believe that if we can all align our pelvises, wars would stop and, <laughs> and everything would be right with the world. This has got to be our new crusade. Align your Set pelvis. Up straight. <laughs> wow. If only. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Anne McGuire. Oh, my goodness. Anne McGuire uh, died in Marblehead, Mass. She'd lived mostly in Provincetown. For, uh, for our New York viewers, this is not our Anne McGuire Irish uh, uh, friend. This is, no. this is, an, uh, he, this is uh, a Massachusetts Anne McGuire. She died of breast cancer, uh, which she had become a great activist uh, for cures and research. She's survived by her wife, Harriet Gordon. Uh, she was she did it all. She was the co-host of a gay radio show in the 1970s. Gay way. Before us. Yes. <laughs> Hard to imagine. She was the campaign manager for Elaine Noble's first run for political office in Massachusetts. Who became the first out uh, legis les legislator in the country. 1974, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, weren't there? Well, there were people in uh, more local offices in local Minnesota. Local offices, this state is, legislature. This is we're the talking. state legislature. Yeah, and then she became uh, an important part of electing Tom Menino, mayor of Boston, and worked on his campaigns and was a close advisor to him. Well, he put he put her in charge of the city's health and human services, <laughs> and out Governor Moore Healy hailed her as a trailblazer. She was Mayor Flynn's LGBTQ liaison, the co-founder of the Greater Boston Lesbian and Gay Political Alliance, and held leadership positions in the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, which a is what major, major figure in the uh, Boston area scene of LGBTQ politics, etc. You're burying the headline. She also managed two lesbian bars. I have that here on the list. You just didn't <laughs> let me get to it. Okay. There is going to be a memorial for her memorial service on June 1st in Boston at 1 p.m. at the Arlington Street Church, which... That's going to be some event. Her spouse, uh, Harriet Gordon, said she would walk out the door every day on some mission, things large and small. Well, clearly, uh, she had no free time on her hands. She was busy. We better move along. All right. So uh, next uh, in L.A., uh, David Skull, uh, 71 years old. He was an historian of horror films, but he saw them in a greater context. Uh, he analyzed the the relationship between horror films and and our desire for being scared like that as a catharsis for world events like World War One and uh, world, and the AIDS pandemic. Yes, uh, his most uh, here's from the New York Times obit. 
His most influential work, The Monster Show, A Cultural History of Horror, published in 1993, surveyed crazes for frightening films that reverberated with horrors in the real world, beginning with the silent classics Nosferatu and The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which appeared after the mass deaths and bodily disfigurements of World War I, and about how Dracula was both a trans and homoerotic figure. Well, he saw homoeroticism in Dracula, but he suggested that the author of the book, Bram Stoker, was a masochist and a strongly trans, with a strongly transgender perspective. Yeah. Uh, so he was a, a major figure in, in writing about horror films. And we all uh, oh, wait, we have to talk about how he died. He's oh, in a car. Terrible. He's in a car terrible. in L.A. with his husband or partner, who was also injured. Yeah. Yeah, and a car going the other way crossed the median, smashed into them, and he was killed at 71. And his partner survives, but. You know, severely injured. Right. Terrible, terrible story. And we do want to pay tribute to Broadway star and gay icon Cheetah Rivera. Speaking of accidents, she was one of the most famous stars on Broadway ever. She had a terrible accident in 1986 and had to have her leg reconstructed. And she was back on the boards a year later. Uh, she, You know, she was in the original West Side Story. She could kick up her legs. Um, uh, Glad issued a statement saying she spent much of her career advocating for LGBTQ people and people living with HIV AIDS. But, you know, co- she won two Tonys, co-starring with Liza Minnelli in The Rink and Kiss of the Spider Woman. Which, and so she was really a gay icon. You, you know, you've all heard about her. She was wonderful. I got to see her late in life in The Visit. I saw that, too, probably with you. Yeah. All right. International news. Well, in Spain, an 80-year-old retired priest suspected of paying migrant males for sex Yuck. was found dead in his bed. Uh, the Murdered. Po- the police in Valencia arrested a 40-year-old man over the violent death. Uh, they believed to have been a lover's choir that qu- quarrel that escalated. Reverend Alfonso Lopez Bento was the retired canon of Valencia Cathedral. Uh, we have an update on uh, Stephen Kaboya in Uganda, the uh, gay activist uh, severely stabbed by a couple of guys on a motorcycle. An assassination attempt. Yes. Uh, he, the cops raided his house looking for evidence that he was gay uh, so they could prosecute him. And uh, threatened rather... his roommate. Tell us that you were lovers and we'll, we'll just lock you all up. And stop spreading this because they're, they're uncomfortable with all the international attention that this has gotten. Uh, and in Italy, uh, a dad discovered that uh, a dad has been sentenced to two years in prison. The mom, one year, four months for standing by while the dad bullied and assaulted his son, his gay son. He discovered the gay boy's diary when the kid was 14, tried to send him to a psychologist for conversion therapy. The psychologist refused to treat the boy, saying there's nothing wrong with being gay. So the dad then goes to the kid and says, "Uh, you must prove that you've had sex with a woman. Uh, and you uh, can't shave, and you have to run every day, and you have to show your genitals. I don't know what that's all about. So he, the dad's been sentenced to uh, two years in prison, as I said. The mother, for ignoring all this or standing by, got a slightly lower sentence, and the sentences are suspended if they agree to go to remedial training. 
they took over the son's social media and controlled who he could see and where he could go. Well, it's nice that they were prosecuted for that. Listen, there's so much ignorance. Um, I, I can tell a story. One of my best friends, when he, when he came out, this is in the early 70s, his brother said, you just need to the eyes out of some chick. He says, and, and, and it's just like, you know, cultivating a taste for ripe olives when it comes to women. You know, I mean, you don't really like it, but, you know. It's always been my contention that straight men hate women. Okay. Some uh, of them, some of them. Let right. me not overgeneralize. In Greece... The parliament is set to vote on marriage equality. On Donald Fe- Trump hates women. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. On, on February 12th, he keeps disposing of them. Uh, the, the Greeks clean claim to have the votes of 120 conservatives with 94 of the new democracy minority party declared in favor. So there are 300 members. So passage seems secure despite stiff opposition from the Greek Orthodox Church, Greece will be the first Orthodox majority country to enact marriage equality if it passes. The church is going to preach against it on February 4th. But the prime minister says these are choices by the state and not religious convictions. Our democracy requires that there cannot be two classes of citizens and certainly cannot be children of a lesser god. Well, he should come talk to the U.S. Congress about that. We are forgetting that principle. But the uh, opposition leader in Greece, who is an out gay man, says, all right, I'll go along with this. It's not perfect. There are a lot of things left out still, but uh, I will go along with this. See, unlike the Republicans on the immigration bill. Exactly. All right. Uh, But in the same uh, realm in Israel, it's hard to talk about Israel these days without, you know, talking about the war heaven knows. But there is a new report out that is shocking about uh, the populations using sperm banks and how that's changed over recent years. It used to be that uh, uh, 65% of people using sperm banks were married women. Now, 88% of people using sperm banks are either single women or lesbian couples. 88%. Uh, And the average age of those women is 37. So they get to a point where they uh, need help. You all should be aware by by now of Alan Turing, who uh, was the guy who uh, basically invented modern home, you know, computers, modern computers, and also broke the code in World War II that that saved hundreds of thousands of lives. That's 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 Alan. Um, but the University of uh, Cambridge University has erected a, uh, you want to call it a... St- I do want to call it a statue. You want to call it a... Monument <laughs> to Alan. Uh, it's, um, he, he died back in 1952, and it's disputed whether he took his own life or, or not. Um, he certainly was persecuted for being gay. But this abstract sculpture by Anthony Gormley is titled True for Alan Turing. Uh, Gormley says, Turing unlocked the door between the industrial and information ages and honors a man who was pivotal in changing the course of all our lives. I'm not so sure by the better, given what's happened with that damn Internet these days. Well, that's certainly a question. But uh, the statue, as I will persist in calling it, because it is... Put it up again. it's It's a human form there. 
it will oxidize over the years and and become red in its uh, appearance, which I I think it's quite stunning. It was quite controversial because it is modern. Yeah. And uh, you know that Cambridge is not modern. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Also in England, uh, a, a football uh, player, soccer player in in our language, Jordan Henderson. Uh, had he used to be the captain of the Liverpool team? There he is in a Liverpool uniform. And some months ago, he sold himself out to a Saudi team for a lot of money, as is very fashionable these days. He signed a three-year contract, but he got so much blowback for signing with the Saudis because they are so homophobic uh, and and murderous and everything else. But he has now broken the contract after six months. He is going uh, out of Saudi Arabia. He's now talking about signing with the Dutch team. Uh, I think this is magnificent. He's not gay. He is a, an LGBTQ ally, that, very strong. And they called him on it and said, and you, course, you call yourself an ally. We're despondent at the men's golf tours, and both here and abroad, yeah. taking all that dirty Saudi money. And it was very sad to see one of our heroes, you know, Billie Jean King, we reported on it, express openness to Saudi money for women's tennis. Just don't do it. Well, the Saudis are doing this very explicitly for sports washing. They are using sports to improve their standing in the world after they murder their opponents, Khashoggi and others, and uh, do everything violent they're doing. Don't take it. And, uh, and, and it's just terrible to watch so people take it. So the Pope hasn't given up on these blessings for people in same-sex couples, but he has given up on Africa on the issue for now. He says they're a special case. <laughs> In the opposition of the bishops there. He says he expects other critics to come around. He said he's not worried about a, a schism. Uh, but, of course, you know, I just read an article this morning about how, you know, these blessings are such a backhanded thing. Because essentially, if you accept this, you are accepting church teaching that homosexuality is wrong. Well, these blessings are for people who are still devoted to the Catholic Church. If they were not, they wouldn't be asking for them in the first place. And that's problematic. Uh, not that uh, there aren't problems with many, many religions and institutions and Most. everything else. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. news? Sure. Well, in California, the family of Nicholas Overfield is suing over his death in custody in El Dorado County from being denied his HIV meds for two months. There he is with his mom. She's suing. His HIV became AIDS when, and he had to be hospitalized when he was released and died in hospice care in June of 2022. When he was incarcerated, he and his mother handed over his medications, said he's HIV positive, he needs these medications, here they are. I've seen this happen time and time again when people are arrested for civil disobedience or whatever. They give the authorities the medications, they say so-and-so needs to take these and the authorities just ignore them. Outrageous. I, it's terrible. So this but, poor guy know, died. I mean, he was arrested for failing to show up in court for something. And this apparently now carries the death penalty in California. Yes, exactly. That's it. The, the death penalty. And syphilis is up 80 percent. And uh, the Harvey Milk Club in San Francisco has withdrawn their endorsement of uh, Biden because of Gaza. And ACT UP New York has endorsed a Gaza ceasefire and a uh, BDS boycott. 
They cite particularly the bombings of hospitals with uh, people with AIDS and how it's interfering with their treatment and spreading more illness. Uh, and they made this endorsement of the ceasefire on the 33rd anniversary of the Day of Desperation, uh, which we remember here in New York, where we held demonstrations, money for AIDS, not for war, all about the uh, war in Iraq. Well, okay. Entertainment news. What a segue. We can move from that. Uh, Why don't we start with uh, Will Ferrell? Okay. Is that our first thing? Yes. Yes. Um, He has a friend of 30 years, Harper Steele, with whom he worked at Saturday Night Live, where Steele was a writer. Um, They're now the subjects of a hit documentary at Sundance, Will and Harper, that moved audiences to laughter and tears. It's a 17-day road trip from New York to L.A. Um, It's a long time to drive from New York to L.A., can really do it in about uh, three, three to three, three six to, days, yeah, maybe. whatever. But uh, but you know, take it easy, see the country. <laughs> there that they re- they had been apart a lot during the pandemic, and so it's all about him processing the transition and reclaiming the friendship, and it really is a hit. I preferred Oprah and Gail's road trip. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that's entertainment. But the, but, they had to rerun that. But nobody came out during that, did they? Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But speaking of coming out, Tom Hollander, who played gay on White Lotus and now on Feud, which is coming up, I guess, on Friday. No, tonight. Oh, it's tonight? Yes. I have it set on my DVR. Yeah. He's playing Truman Capote, but he talked about uh, it's Capote versus the Swans on FX. He talked about his own sexuality. He said it is sufficiently liberal to have encompassed many different experiences, which are not anyone's business. I certainly I hate that. I, yeah, I know. I certainly <laughs> have not lived the life that gay men used to have to live, used to have to live, try Uganda. I have not lived that difficulty. I have not uh, had and to I live in the shadows. And I don't care if anyone else does. But he believes in the principle of actors being able to play things they are not necessarily themselves. Blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Because otherwise it wouldn't be art, he says. Yeah, Well, whatever. he gets a lot of gay roles. All right. Uh, in uh, more out news, uh, New York City has an annual event called the Obie Awards, which are awards to off-Broadway productions and people. And Used to be run by the Village Voice, now run by the American Theater Wing, which runs the Tonys. Uh, yes. And uh, these are big-time productions. So the uh, award for Best New American Play went to Ryan Haddad, mm-hmm. uh, out gay and out living with cerebral palsy. And uh, his play is Dark Disabled Stories. Uh, that's uh, Ryan on the left there. It played the public theater. Yeah. And, uh, and the other lifetime, the Lifetime Achievement Award went to Split Britches, that's Peggy Shaw and Lois Weaver there. We are going to link to their speeches in our email. Yes. So if you want to sign up for our email, go to gayusatv.org. You get one weekly, weekly email from us telling you what's going to be on the show and all these extras. Peggy and Lois, legendary uh, couple performers at uh, the Wow Cafe and... Uh, uh, Dixon Place and a million other places, really uh, enormously popular and and uh, long-standing uh, performers. 
Uh, we also want to alert you to something coming up at the New York uh, LGBTQ Center, uh, a show called Young Lesbians on Selfhood. Uh, it's uh, oral histories, uh, curated items, documents, uh, 42 marginalized les- young lesbians, 18 to 25, uh, the show's going to run from February 8th to May 26th. Uh, it has an opening on Thursday, uh, February 8th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the center. All right. We uh, have a couple of minutes. We do. <laughs> What's on your mind, Andy? What's on my mind? <laughs> well, um, are, are we together? Are we at a loss for words? Are we together next week? We are. Why wouldn't uh, okay. we be? Well, I know. We, Marin Johns comes in at times. No, Marin's on vacation in her homeland of Australia. She may be back by then, but she's not scheduled in for a while. Okay. You're stuck with me for the no, moment. That, it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. And has been for 27 years or something like that. Uh, 1996. And of course, before uh, 28, that. We, 28. 28 years. Be, before that, we worked together at the Hetrick Martin Institute. And of course, apparently, we also worked for ABC Sports together and not knowing it when we were kids. I have a friend who I play golf with who is uh, in the business world, uh, trainer, organizer, whatever. And she is applying for a an RFP, a request for proposals from New York City about updating their curriculum to train people on sexual assault in the workplace, uh, specifically for LGBT uh, people. Uh, she is not, so she's consulting with me and others. Uh, but she uh, she asked them for a, a copy of the current curriculum. They won't give it to her. <laughs> she, she's supposed to uh, apply to update the curriculum, and they won't show her the curriculum unless and until she gets the job. <laughs> well, you know, here's my curriculum story. Uh, when we worked at Hedrick Martin, yeah. they wanted to update the AIDS curriculum for the state, and uh, they said we have to have a we have to have a gay. Oh, really? <laughs> they so they got me from Hedrick Martin. I had to live in Albany for a week. As we all wrote together, we tried to be reasonable about you know the kind of language we we're putting and everything. We wrote the whole thing, and uh, Bishop Daly, the Catholic Bishop of Brooklyn, got a hold of it and demanded it be trashed, and they trashed the whole thing causing, of course, more HIV infections, keeping people in ignorance. That's the power that the Catholic Church had. And provoking uh, the St. Patrick's Cathedral Stop the Church demo. Well, All that. right, more next week, especially if we have extra time, but we will see you then.